0: So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections.
1: Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is a show for you. Oh, yeah. This. Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. McCarty.
2: Welcome back. Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Episode 55. 55. Double, Double nickels. Lawrence and Wright R.I.P. The double nickels. The number i actually it's had on my on my lbc jersey back in the day the little bible
3: ooh, church jersey the reversible
2: it's right. reversible
3: lbc jersey uh we were so cool back then weren't we
2: we, we, we really <laughs> were i mean i'm not really sure how we're not like in the nba or at least on like ESPN oh, yeah. doing this but here we of are of course
3: of course, a play on, you know, the real LBC, but what were we, Little Bible Church? Is that yeah, what it yeah, was we for were, us?
2: Of <laughs> course, we were actually the Angelica Bible Church, but uh, Little Bible Church is what we went with, um, with the blessing of Big L, of course, because we didn't do anything about his blessing, well, that he
3: knew yeah. of. Yeah, 55 episodes, that's a lot. That's a lot of episodes, sir.
2: I figured we'd last about five Um not counting the five we did the first night, but, you know, about five full episodes <laughs> spread out over about a year and a half. Um, so the fact that we've made it to 55, we haven't been canceled yet. It's pretty impressive. So uh, this was supposed to be another three or four-way show. Uh, LTG, you there?
1: LTG? What about Blades?
3: Uh, Blades? Blades? Wait, is that? did I hear it? Oh, no. Okay. There goes Blades. All right. So uh, I believe, I believe LTG, LTG even said uh, yesterday, yeah, let me go take a look at that agenda. Uh, Let me put something together, and that's the last thing thing we heard from
2: him. So, interestingly enough, I was talking to one of my buddies who uh, is now on my travel softball team or teams. And uh, he's like, you guys do a podcast? I'm like, yeah, he goes, ah, anyway, I can get on there. I was like, well, we got a couple of committed guests. Uh, but it's starting to look like maybe John will find his way onto the show one week and we'll at least try him out and see if he can, you know, hang. Because uh, these other guests have really disappointed. Although I do feel bad because we, we did have Suga on once. And... Uh, we haven't really invited him back since he declined a couple times in a row. So I, I just thought about that as he was messaging us tonight. So my apologies to to, to Andy, aka Suga, but um, we might have to start looking for other hosts because it's just not working out with these other guys.
3: Yeah, and you know we need some we need some spice on here. Oh, there yeah. we go.
2: All right, so the new thing that my dog loves to do is um, I take them out uh, before I go upstairs. And then as soon as I get upstairs and settle, they start barking. So this is par for the course at my house. So you'll probably hear that a couple more times because anytime the other dog growls, that one barks. It's a great combination. So episode 55. Um, we're going to go uh, jump into the NFL draft and uh, kind of preview that a little bit. Uh, Then we'll also, of course, do our fantasy baseball breakdown off the beaten path. Also, NFL draft. What kind of guys who missed on the NFL draft but still ended up being contributors? And then, of course, Trades, Trades, and Blades, Trades. Uh, Blade has suddenly woken up. He had an amazing first week and decided (laughs) to change everything up. Uh, I mean, he's doing okay this week as well. I think he's like the third or fourth highest scorer, but in typical Blades fashion. Uh, he didn't even lose a week before
3: he started blowing up his roster. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away. We'll get into it later, but I think it was on last week's show that we even talked that you talked about. So, when does Blade start blowing up his roster? Like, if he has a bad week, it was the opposite. He was maybe the number one scorer in the league after week one, and then decided was. to completely blow up his roster. So, yeah,
2: I mean, it's shout funny out to I Blades, think, uh, the top four. The top four scores in week one were like Blades, you, Zayjack, and then myself. And of course, I played Blades, and you and Zayjack played each other. You and Zayjack were much closer in Blades and I. I. I don't think I ended up getting much closer in forty. But we'll, we'll get into that when we're going through the hung jury stuff. Wait. Um, yeah, we have a breaking trade
3: as well right now on air in Twelve Angry Men, but we can get into that later.
2: Oh, there it is. I, All right. Who's in between? Uh, the Bills and Mutz. Oh, wow. That's yeah, a you know, thrilling trade.
3: Yeah, nothing big there. You know uh, Mutz likes uh, he likes those 2023 picks. There's actually, I think uh, I'll just do it right now because we don't need to get into it later. It was Tyler Lockett for a 2023 first. I, I kind of like that for Mutz. I like Lockett, but, you know, who's if he's still in Seattle, who's throwing him the ball? Hopefully not Drew Lockett. And 2023 first, you're going to be pretty valuable. So I don't I don't mind
1: that. Yeah,
2: I mean, who's throwing the ball? And is DK Metcalf still going to be there? Because if Metcalf's not there, you have Drew Lockett as your quarterback and Lockett becomes number one. Like, uh, I don't like that s- scenario very much. A good trade by Mutz there. All right, so with that, right. we'll get into the pickle. Uh, of course, it, at one point, we were, this segment was sponsored. We're looking for a new sponsor. Uh, Steve, <laughs> yes. We... we, we we love you, and uh, you know you have a chance to redeem yourself if we see some pickles. But moving on, we're going to start with headlines here. I put two to three per host. Of course, I thought there was going to be three or four of us. There's two of us. So I have about 117 headlines. I'll only talk about six. Uh, what's your first headline? Actually, I want to do the first headline. You know what? <laughs>
3: okay. okay.
2: So the headline that got me most excited this week, uh, I, I'm sure this is on your list and probably your first headline too, Um, the most exciting golf match of all time. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes teaming up to face Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on June 1st in the second Ah, edition of the match. Quite possibly the most excited I've ever been or ever will be about a golf match. What are your thoughts, (laughs) sir?
3: Yeah, I actually did not have this. I would have had I remembered it. I remember seeing it the other day and forgot to write it down, but yeah, it's awesome, man. I think and the trash talk has already begun. I saw a uh tom brady posted something with him it was like a little kid learning to golf with the bills helmet on and tom brady is standing there shirtless yes uh, looking on and i don't even remember what it what the what it was about but it was funny and then josh allen came back and said at least he didn't have him in whatever whatever clothing line that tom brady yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
3: Fun, funds or whatever at least he didn't put me in that clothing and uh, so nice already some nice back and forth aaron rogers Talks trash during this event. He was pretty funny last year during the event. So uh, I don't know anything about Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes' golf game. Uh, I know Brady's okay, uh, but interested in, in watching it for sure. Uh, last year's was fun. I remember Aaron Rodgers and uh, I don't, who else was there? Was it uh, Manning? I don't it was even remember. Rod- but it was it
2: was, yeah, it was, Rod- it was Rodgers and Brady. Uh, they okay. were in Mickelson uh, right up with Bray Shambo and Mickelson yeah yeah
1: um yeah.
2: I will it watch this from start to I'll watch this start to finish I wouldn't be surprised if we do a podcast at night although I think it starts uh at five thirty your time although that's fine we'll just jump on right away do the whole podcast and just you know just have a good time with it I don't see why we shouldn't be doing that on that night I think it's a Wednesday so Well, look. The
3: the part of the fun of that, though, is is hearing the back and forth. We're not going to really hear that. I'm not sure about that.
2: Absolutely, we'll be able to hear everything. It's going to be fair enough. It's going to be an interesting. It'll be an interesting back and forth. It will not be a great listen. All right. Yeah.
3: Six-hour golf podcast. Okay. I've got, let's see, where do I want to go? I've only got a couple. I was going to talk about the NBA playoffs and current NHL playoffs, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. There's no real surprises right now in either league, so I'll skip past that. I saw uh, NFL is going to have a triple header on Christmas this year, which I thought was nice. And what was interesting, though, is it was, it was actually reported by the NFL on a Buffalo Bills sideline reporters podcast. So are the Bills involved in a little Christmas Day matchup this year.
2: Um, hopefully if they a are, it's one. a night game. It's a night game and
1: maybe
3: I'll, yeah. Out. I mean, I don't know. Yes. Yes. Um, the uh, other couple well, I had uh, Yankees guardians. I don't know if you saw that game. I believe it was today. Yes, or it was there yesterday. Uh, it was today. Yeah. So one of the guardians guys after having stuff, thrown at him, you know, was climbing the uh, the, the link fence in the outfield, g- got up in the fans' face. Um, just uh, – you hate to see that when, when there's people throwing bottles and things on the field. It's pretty ridiculous. I did like that after the Yankees actually – it was a walk-off. They won the game on a walk-off. Instead of really celebrating, uh, Aaron Judge and some of the other guys actually ran out to the outfield to help out with the Guardians players as fans yeah. were throwing stuff um, onto the field. So. I thought that was pretty good. But, uh, you know, uh, the league just stuff like that, I would make teams forfeit games for that. If you're fans, you got to be responsible for your fans. If your fans are going to be throwing bottles at players, they should that should just be a loss to me. Cool. And maybe fans will and, stop and, doing and, it if their teams are losing games.
2: And, and not only that, though, like, how do you win a game and then throw trash at them? Like, if, if, if they beat them, if the close of their. Class A or Class A or however you say his name comes in and shuts him down and the Guardians players talk and trash to him should they throw tr- trash at him no but at least like I understand it more like you won the game like what's going on I don't know yeah I, yeah. I, I, yeah I mean I saw a couple people post that they should be banned for life and I absolutely agree with that quite honestly yeah. Yankee Stadium that's that's probably enough to get it to stop if you start banning people for life, like anybody that threw trash on the field, they're just banned for life. That's probably enough to get them to stop.
3: Yeah, you're probably right. Certainly has more of an effect than, than like I said about losing games for sure. You you ban somebody. Uh, I'll just give you my last one since I only have more and it's a baseball one as well. And not sure it's really even a headline, uh, but I enjoyed it. It was, you know, Atlanta playing at the Dodgers. So, Freddie Freeman's first at bat against Atlanta, he hit a home run, thought that was pretty cool. And then the next game, the next night, uh, Kenley Jensen came in and closed out game two against the Dodgers, which, you know, even as a Dodgers fan, uh, and they lost, it was good to see. Uh, Jensen was pumped up, man. You know, he normally sits around 91, 92 with that fastball. He was sitting at 95, 96, uh, just painting corners. He never looked uh, better. As a closer, there so he was pumped up really. Yeah, it's like he turned back the clock. That's all all I got.
2: All right. Well, I have I have a few that you didn't mention. I know you said you had some NBA and NHL you didn't talk about. I have I have two quick things I want to talk about there. First, uh, Ovechkin goes over fifty goals again. I know that was an early season that we had. I think I actually set it at sixty. So he's. I don't think he's going to quite get to 60 unless you count, you know, the playoffs or whatever. But he did get to 50. Uh, and Ben Simmons possibly back for game four. I was a little surprised he wasn't back tonight, uh, to be honest. But it uh, sounds like he might be yeah, in game four.
3: Doesn't much matter unless they can win four straight versus Boston.
2: Did the Celtics beat him tonight?
3: Yeah, they're up 3-0.
2: Yeah, they won 109-103. Yeah, I was a little surprised he, he didn't play tonight. Um, So, all right. Uh, the other stuff I had, uh, I found this interesting. Iron Mike Tyson gets an altercation on a plane after being harassed by another patron. <laughs> Mike had enough. Got an altercation on a plane. Who in their right mind is picking a fight with Iron Mike Tyson?
3: Like, I mean yeah i don't condone um fighting or violence but i'm all about i'm all about i'm on mike's side here if you're just gonna sit there and rib mike tyson and just go after him like that you 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 get what you're asking for you know
2: yeah i mean it's it's kind of like if you are you know trying to pet a tiger you know i mean bad things are probably going to happen um Arizona Cardinals GM, Kime, says there's 0% chance they trade Kyler Murray, so now I believe he will be traded. What are your thoughts?
3: <laughs> yes, he'll be traded in two days, yes. I, I, yes. I thought the same thing when I saw that. Every time they say there's 0% chance, it means there's a 100% chance, so yes.
2: Yeah, uh, so I figured he'll be traded to Dallas on draft night, probably.
3: Yeah, right.
2: And the last one I had, and I found this interesting – uh, it actually made me have some fun with the mock draft that we'll do later in the show. Uh, Jared Goff says he he's even a little worried about the Lions drafting another quarterback. Uh, he said he is or isn't? Space. He isn't. Isn't even a little worried.
3: Okay. Okay. So, um,
2: well, you know, I mean, he, Goff, of course, being a number one pick himself.
3: Yeah, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, if they do draft one, he should be worried, but maybe he just thinks they won't draft. I'm not sure even what to do with that one, but I, I feel like Goff has won, unless he lights it up this year in Detroit, like this is his last year as a starting quarterback in the NFL.
2: Um, I think he'll get a chance elsewhere, but that's just because of how desperate teams always are for quarterbacks. Um Every year you think that there's, you know, one or two teams that might not be set at quarterback. Once in a while, three or four are on a down year. But there always ends up being a change. Four or five different teams make changes at quarterback, it seems, every year. So that's all I had for headlines. Brings us to McCarty's favorite segment in a segment, charades. Uh, I actually did four here. I'm just. I'll just stick to the two. It's, it's host three didn't show up, so whatever. It's all good. <laughs> what do you have here, sir?
3: Well, in typical fashion, I did one for six hosts. Perfect. So maybe uh, you. Yeah, we'll do all mine then. <laughs> okay. No, just pick two, please. You are Debo Samuel, Mister Samuel. Why do you want out?
2: Quite honestly, McCarty, it's not that I want out. I want to get paid. If San Francisco opens up their checkbook and pays me, I have no problem staying here. Uh, I don't believe they're going to do that. San Francisco tends to take more of a Patriots way where they don't like to necessarily pay their stars. They let their stars go. And that's fine. I just prefer they let me go now or trade me now. That way I can get paid, move on, and start my the second chapter of my career. So I have no problem staying in San Francisco if they're willing to pay me.
3: Yes, sir. Follow-up question, Mr. Samuel. Do you feel that you should uh another wide receiver that's trying to get paid, AJ Brown, do you feel that you should get paid more than AJ Brown?
2: I do. Uh and I think AJ and I are similar receivers, but I think I'm a little more versatile. I proved last year I can play in the backfield. I can carry the ball. Um I think I block a little better than than AJ does. Uh, he's more likely to take the top off of defense, but I'm more willing to go over the middle and get physical. So I believe I should be paid more than him, yes.
3: All right. Thank you, Debo.
2: You're welcome. So that was your only one? <laughs> That's it. Yes, yes, yes. All right, McCarty, you are Trevor Bauer. Your oh. are was just extended again. What is your next step? MLB seems to be doing a very thorough investigation, even after you have been cleared legally. Yeah,
3: I've been cleared legally because I'm innocent. Uh, uh, They won't let me get these um, text records and cell phone records that I need. That's okay. Uh, MLB needs to back off. I'm a very aggressive man. You don't want no no smoke with Trevor Bauer. I'm going to tell you that right now. So I am demanding at this point that the MLB back off and reinstate me. I mean, what's up? Ozuna's over in Atlanta uh, ripping homers, just living it up out there. Uh, And and he had it actually go through the court system. This is ridiculous. All
2: right. so uh, I I can't disagree with Trevor. I mean, you're really holding back up my fantasy teams at this point because you're not able to play. So um, I hope to see you back on the field soon, although I have a feeling as soon as you are reinstated, even if you're not suspended, I believe the Dodgers are going to trade you because they want no part of you. So,
3: Well, in the meantime, follow me on TikTok.
2: <laughs> I follow you on Twitter, sir.
3: <laughs> okay, Twitter. That's fine. <laughs>
2: Alright. Uh, now, luckily for me, this worked out perfectly. You are Miguel Cabrera. You've just hit your 3,000 and 3,000 first hit of your career. You have also hit 500 home runs, and you have hit for a 300-plus average. Joining Hank Aaron and Willie Mays as the only three players to do that, do we undervalue you, Miguel?
3: Well, I'm a humble guy. That's for you to decide if you undervalue me or not. The answer is yes. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I am undervalued. (laughs) You know, I don't want to say it myself, but I I will. Uh, I mean, you're talking about two of the greats of all time that I'm uh, in company with. But, you know, forget about all that. What I really want to address right now while I have this microphone is Mr. Boone in New York for intentionally walking me when I was headed at two 2,999, not giving me the opportunity to get my three thousandth against him uh, saying that I cost him a world series. So now he's going to intentionally walk me. So I can't get my, my hit against the Yankees. It's just ridiculous. It's garbage. Uh, but back to your original question, am I, uh, does that make me the third best player in the history of major league baseball? No, no. Uh, but I'm certainly a Hall of Famer and up there an elite company, and I'm just humbled to be in the same, mentioning in the same sentence of those two great baseball players.
2: Well, thank you, Mr. Cabrera. That was very, a very, very well-spoken response.
3: <laughs> was it? Okay, thank you. Um,
2: the only thing I'm disappointed about is that your 3,000th hit was not a home run. Because, as we all know, your first hit in the MLB was a home run. Your thousandth hit was a home run. Your two thousandth hit was a home run. So, though this point didn't really? go yard for your your three thousandth, but an impressive feat nonetheless. All right, yeah, uh, really Just I'm the host and have the mic. You are now Earl Thomas. You've been out of the league for two years. What do you have to offer an NFL team now? that You're saying you want to make a comeback,
3: Earl Thomas. I must have been hitting the head one too many times. I have no idea who I am. Uh, but look, if you're saying I should be back in the league, let me get my agent on the horn and let's do this thing. I'm coming back.
2: Uh, Earl Thomas, of course, is the ex safety for the Seattle Seahawks. Ah, oh, now it's all
3: coming back to me. <laughs> Thank you. All
2: right, last one. You are Baker Mayfield. What's next for you, Baker? Are you even worthy? Are you even a worthy candidate to be a starting QB in the NFL at this point? No one
3: seems to want to trade for you. Uh, I don't think that's a fair assessment. What's next for me is currently I'm negotiating um, commercial deals. I am trying to switch in insurance companies, and um, you know it's not going so well right now. I had a great deal going. Uh, apparently, there was some fine print in there that I actually had to be a starting quarterback to keep that gig. Uh, so I'm thinking about going over to the general insurance. Now you've seen Shaq, uh, out there doing those commercials. I, I, th- I think I could, I think I could get on with them. So that's really what my agent is working on right now.
2: All right. Thank you, Mr. Mayfield. McCarty, you impressed me. You took that in stride. You did all four, even though I said I was only <laughs> going to do two. And you asked me to do two. Um, uh, I'm so a little hurt that blades nor LTG showed up. So thank you for that. And I'm pretty sure I have a text message saying that you are capable of playing two different hosts. All right. That brings us to odds are, which actually is your favorite segment in a segment, the three bets we love, two we hate. And I went all NFL draft for mine. I have no idea what you did because we didn't talk about this, but that's what I did for mine. So um, let's hear your uh, three that you'll love.
3: Okay. So I went different. Yeah. I went uh, baseball future bets. Uh, the first one that I love, uh, playing some uh, a little bit of better pickle payouts here, National League MVP, um, Arenado is on a tear right now, and he's at plus 1,600, meaning for every five pickles you put down, you get 85. So give me a little long shot, National League MVP, Nolan Arenado. My number two, American League MVP, another guy that's lighting it up, and he's at plus 900, that's Jose Ramirez. Uh, So I don't mind that play there. And then my number one, long shot here, but I I like the beginning of season. Uh, You liked him last year. Angels to take the World Series. It's a plus 3,000 right now. That means every five pickles pays out 155. They're off to a good start. So you never know.
2: Yeah, no, I can't hit any of those. Um, So like I said, I went all NFL draft. And typically I put very few um, minus Bets in here, however, all three of my loves are minuses. Uh, the first one, Aiden Hutchinson, minus 200 for the number one pick. I just don't foresee anyone else going number one at this point. It would have to be a shocker, someone yeah. would have to trade up. Uh, I think he's locked in as the number one pick. Um, and at minus 200, I do as well. I mean, of course, you know, that 200 to win 100, but. I think that that is a solid bet as far as pickles go. Uh, Number two, uh, Brees Hall, minus 250 to be the first running back taken. Uh, He's the only one that has any hope of going in the first round. Uh, That's questionable. If he does go in the first round, it would probably be to a team like Buffalo. Uh, There's actually a couple of mock drafts that have him going there. But I don't foresee any way he is not the top – Running back taken unless something changes between now and Thursday. And uh, last but not least, um, Devin Lloyd, uh, minus 350 to be the first linebacker selected. Um, I don't foresee there being any other linebacker going ahead of Lloyd. He is head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, Now, if you combine these three picks, it becomes a, a plus. I believe it's about plus 350. So if you want to win some pickles that way, there is that option where you could put these together and it becomes, and like I said, I think it's about plus 350. So then it'd be a hundred to win 350. So yeah,
3: that's not bad. I like that. I like that.
2: All right, sir. What do you have for your two dislikes or hates? I know you don't like the word hate, so. Uh,
3: so negative. Yeah. So I, I stuck with a uh, baseball future awards. The first one that I don't love is Kershaw, and it's it's not a – I mean, he's plus 1,200 to win the National League Cy Young, but we all know that at some point Kershaw is going to be hurt. Uh, he's only going to pitch a limited amount of innings this season. So give me – instead of that, give me somebody like Rodon at plus 1,000 right now who has just been lighting it up in San Francisco. I like that a little bit better. And my number one, a guy that – We've talked about here on the show before, and I, I still um, like a lot, but Bieber is uh, the clear front runner at for American League Cy Young at plus 600. Uh, and as much as I still like Bieber, I just don't see him winning the Cy Young this year. So, uh, again, I would take one of those a little bit of a longer shot there where you're getting plus 1,000, plus 2,000 kind of thing over Bieber.
2: Yeah, I I like both of those as well, or don't like either of those, I suppose. That's the way I should phrase it. All right, so I stuck with the NFL draft theme here. Uh, My first dislike was Garrett Wilson, minus 110 to be the first wide receiver taken. I think there's a good shot that he is the first wide receiver taken, but there's just so many guys that could be the first wide receiver taken. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, have a, you have a team, like, you know, throughout history, like the Raiders, not saying the Raiders are going to do it, but they fell in love with a speed guy, traded up, and, and took a guy that nobody thought was going to be that that guy. So yeah, It worked uh,
3: out well for them.
2: Yeah, it's worked out perfectly well for them a couple of different times. So because of that, nothing against Garrett Wilson, I think he could be the, the top receiver in this class. He's probably not my top receiver, but um, I just – and in our in my mock draft, I was... had him as the first receiver.
1: Okay, but being, yeah.
2: being a minus, I, I I don't love it. Yeah, uh, I don't like so, that at all. So the next one I did uh, an over under here, so you can actually bet the over under sixteen and a half offense or defensive players over or under being taken in the first round, and so every sure. single mock. Every single mock draft I've looked at is really close to 16 each way. Um, It's typically not like this. It's typically, you know, like a couple years ago, defense dominated. I think there was like 20 of the 32 picks were defensive picks. Uh, Last year, maybe Mm -hmm. three years ago, it was like 22 of the 32 are offensive picks. And there's just no clear way to go. And being 16 and a half either way, I just don't like this. Uh, And I believe both of them are, are minus. Uh, neither of them are a plus, so
3: uh, I, I I don't love it. I tell you what, man. I mean, look, I'm gonna give away one of my Kisser Kicks right now. It was Kisser Kick, more offense going than defense round one, and I put the current projection. The last I saw, it was 16 to 16, offense and defense. So
2: it's amazing you know how 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 in sync we are when we do these shows yeah, you
3: know? it's, it's just props to us it's not
2: it, it, it's it's honestly probably why ltg and plays won't come on the show because they don't know how to keep up with us. you're quite honest <laughs> yeah all right folks that ends, the that ends the pickup we'll be back right after these messages
3: let's
1: control me when it rains it pours when the floodgates open brace your shores that pressure don't care when it breaks your door say it's all you can take better take some more
3: all right we are back for segment one you heard the tecmo super bowl music we are going nfl here and we're going to start out with a little bit of a mock draft for the real nfl draft you had so many notes here uh, uh 12 picks if three hosts, 10 picks if just two, 12, 9, 6, 3, 1, host, 11, 8, 5, 2, 1. Uh, anyway, I just so did what's top. Gonna happen,
2: is, what's gonna happen is, What's going to happen is, since there's two of us, we both did 12. We'll go through the 12. You'll do the odds. I'll do the evens. So you'll, okay. get the, you'll, you'll get the first pick, and we'll go back and forth from there.
3: All right. All right, then. First pick. We talked about it before. I'm with you. The Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher. University of Michigan, or Michigan University.
2: All right. Um, only reason I gave you the first pick is I told you I had a big surprise on my mock draft. At number two, the Detroit Lions take Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty University. Oh, boy. Malik that Willis is high. going to Detroit. Uh, most of the mock drafts, I've seen him go uh, six. A lot of people have him going to the Panthers. I have not going to Detroit here. I think that Goff saying what he said and saying he's not worried about them taking a quarterback means that they are looking to take a quarterback. Somebody gave him a heads up. Uh, so Malik Willis headed to Detroit. I think he'll sit behind Golf this year. Goff will go away and Willis will become the starter either, you know, midway through this year or next year.
3: Well, now I don't know what to do. Uh, do I take – I'm just going to go with who I think they're going to take. I, I'll go back at the end of this and tell you where I, I differ. So number three pick, the Texans. My boy, tackle out of NC State, Icky Akanwu. Uh, I, I talked about him before. I think he's the best tackle in the draft. And the Texans need Texans need everything, so they could go anywhere right here. But that's where I'm going at three.
2: All right. So at number four. I have the Jets taking Kayvon Tittadu from the defense end from Oregon. Sure, I screwed up his name, but that's who I had them taking.
3: Yeah, I had that as well. Good job there. Number five, uh, the Giants, if they don't trade it, I think they have to go offensive tackle here. Uh, And I think uh, the next best one, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. That's where I'm going at five.
2: Okay. We differ on our second offensive lineman. That's a good thing. That means it doesn't screw me up too bad. So that leads us to number six, the Carolina Panthers. I do believe the Panthers will go quarterback here, but now they're going to be taking Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh.
3: I had that as well, KP, although he was my first quarterback off the board. Uh, Seven, Giants are right back at it. I think they doubled down on defense, take the best cornerback in the draft. Sauce Gardner Cincy
2: Don't hate that Don't hate that I had Sauce Winner a little later Because just the way The draft fell Alright Number 8 The Atlanta Falcons Guy I mentioned earlier Wide receiver Ohio State Garrett Wilson
3: Gee Will This is actually Where I have uh, Malik Willis going Oh to the Falcons 8 to the
2: okay.
1: To the
3: Falcons Yes uh so i'm up next with number nine the seahawks Uh, interested to see if maybe the seahawks trade up Uh, you know the giants have those two picks maybe they're trading down so maybe the seahawks trade up to seven to try and get willis or pickett whoever the best quarterback is on the board there and try and jump the falcons but anyway if not i think they wait on quarterback if if willis is gone if pickett's gone and they go with my first wide receiver off the board jameson williams alabama
2: Okay, that brings us to number 10, the New Jersey Jets. Uh, The guy I actually like most at receiver is wide receiver USC, Drake London. Um, I've been a big Drake guy since since we started talking about the NFL draft, uh, you know, a month or two ago. Um, So I have Drake London going 10 to the Jets.
3: Started from the bottom. Drake to the Jets. I went uh, with the Jets. Well, I'll go go back to that. Number 11, Commanders. Uh, You got to go get your boy Wentz, a wide receiver. So I saw in in the projections Garrett Wilson going here, but I'm going to take the guy. Well, I can't take that guy because you just took that guy. Uh, So I I was going to go Drizzy Drake London here, but he's already gone. Garrett Wilson's gone. So give me Traylon Burks, Arkansas.
2: All right, and so the guy going to the Vikings was Sauce, who you you took. Um, So I think the Vikings have a couple different spots here. I'm going to go with the player who I don't believe you said yet, which kind of surprises me, although maybe you had him going two to the Lions. That would be Trayvon Walker, the defensive end from Georgia. Um,
3: Yes, I had Trayvon Walker going two to the Lions. I've even seen him (laughs) as the one – yeah, I, I've seen him as being the one guy that maybe could go number one, other than Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, yeah the,
1: uh, there is no well, way that
3: Trayvon makes it to pick twelve. Uh, yes, but because you
2: didn't, you didn't take him anywhere, I should have taken him four to the yes. Jets since he was there. But um, I, I did not. Yes, great. I, I left him there for you. So it, great value there.
3: Hard. Great value there.
2: So I, I just went. The Vikings went best player available. Uh, and uh, Trayvon Walker was, was that guy. A couple no, of the guys. S- we have seen guys fall like that
3: before. So Yeah, it's true. A couple of the guys that I had that didn't go, uh, I would have uh, – the Jets at pick 10, I had them going – edge or, or offensive line, sorry, Evan Neal out of Alabama to give uh, Zach Wilson a little help. I had them go to the Seahawks. At, okay. And at 12 with the Vikings, I had who I thought was the second-best cornerback, uh, Derek Stingy Jr., out of LSU. And also be, uh, LSU's defensive coordinator is now with the Vikings on defense. So I, I could see him trying to get him there.
2: Um. So the, the players that I had on this list that didn't get drafted, uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, the end out of Florida State. Uh Evan Neal uh, who we talked about and um Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Those are the three guys that I had that that didn't get taken to. So, Alright, yeah. uh, I said here we'll also discuss the Eagles pick, Chargers. Yeah well I'm hosting I'm hosting the Forty so need- and Bill's pick. I needed
3: a I needed a back down. This is my show now. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to discuss the Eagles picks, the Chargers picks, the Nanners picks, and the Bills. Uh, w- w- what are you thinking for the Eagles here? W- what did uh, you put for this?
2: I mean, m- most smart drafts I've looked at for the Eagles are either wide receiver or linebacker projections. Uh, there were a couple mm-hmm. There were a couple that threw QP in there, depending on uh, the ones I saw with QP, you know, or the ones that had um, Willis. There's no way. Willis and Pickett, you know, falling, one of those two guys falling. And of course, we didn't have that here. Um, I think Trent McDuffie from Washington or Nakobe Dean from Georgia are, are both options for the Eagles, who have two picks pretty close together uh, in the middle of the first round.
3: Yeah, same here. I saw, like you said, wide receiver and linebacker is the biggest need. Uh, the one mock draft i saw had a drake london in there at 15 and them taking drake i like that for philly don't love it for drake uh and then uh, sadly for at pick 18 i just put linebacker utah i have no idea what the actual <laughs> name is so poor on my part so let's move into the chargers uh, I will give you. I'm not sure why the Chargers even on here.
2: But because um, that's kind well, of, that blades. That's kind blades. of blades. The yeah, facto team. So uh, yeah,
3: you're right. You're right. I put uh, the, again. This is what I saw on the, the the mock draft I was looking at. They projected Traylon Burks here at, at pick 17. I I don't know that they do that. They, you've already got Keenan Allen. They just signed uh, Mike Williams back to a multi year deal. But you know what? They're pretty well-rounded. They, they've gotten some <coughs> defensive players in the offseason. They're pretty well set on offense. So I think they might go with one of those best player on the board type things.
2: Yeah, I could definitely say i going best player available. What I did here is I went uh, Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia, mostly because uh, you can never have enough D-, D linemen. Most teams are rotating guys in. Every series, or a couple times a series, depending on uh, how they're they're subbing in and out. So I think a guy from Georgia, who obviously has championship experience, uh, could be a good addition to to that defensive line.
3: All right, what are you seeing for the Niners?
2: Uh, I didn't even I don't even think the Niners have a first round pick. They they uh, do not. However, they're a team that likes to move around, especially since John Lynch went there. Um, so I think they could they could go anywhere. I'd say the thing I'm most curious about and something that I've seen in a couple of articles and a couple of mock drafts is could they take a flyer on a late round QB? And it sounds like they're really down on Trey Lance, um, like really concerned that really, yeah, that, that he isn't going to be the guy. Um, and they've talked internally, hmm. obviously some externally, someone's talked externally about could they take a, a flyer on a late round guy and at least bring someone else in to try to develop behind Garoppolo and Trey. Uh, that way, if Trey doesn't pan out, they at least have somebody there who might be able to pick up the offense and, and run it. So I'm curious to see if that comes to fruition. Uh, that's really all I had for the Niners.
3: Well, some somebody should tell the dynasty ranking people then, because Trey Lance is like a top six, seven, eight quarterback in most. Uh, rankings, so that's concerning for sure. So, yeah, like you said, no first-rounders. Uh, what will change a lot is if, if Debo does end up getting traded um, because if he does, uh, do they – well, let me start here, I guess. Do they have to sign him or are they going to have to trade him? They've got to trade him, right? So they could get back some first in a deal for Debo for sure. And then end up going wide receiver um, that way. But I don't see him going running back until the third or the fourth. I think they're, they're, you know, pretty happy with Elijah Mitchell, but they'll, they'll grab a running back somewhere because they're the Niners and they like to stockpile running backs. Uh, So probably defense early on in the second is my thought, but you know, again, it's, it's the Niners. They don't have any first round picks, so whatever.
2: Interestingly enough, the two teams that have come up most in the Debo rumors are Green Bay and Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I've would, seen the Jets too. I would, well, yeah, the Jets are in on everybody, but no one wants to play for them. Um, I would love, from a fantasy perspective, to see them go to Kansas City. Hate it for the NFL perspective. Obviously, if the Bills, you know, battling Kansas City. But the fact that I just got Mahomes in that two quarterback league and I have Devo, if he went there, that would be that would be something.
3: But I look at teams like yeah, like the Jets, they have two first round picks, or you've got um uh the Eagles have two first round the picks. Giants the Giants have two first the, round picks. The Giants have two top ten first round picks. You know, do they make a move? And the Giants are already looking to move Kadarius Toney. So, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, he was a first-round pick last year and showed some flashes of promise. So, there's got to be some issues there. Um, But maybe, maybe like, trading Tony and and pick seven for Debo, something like that. You know, I I don't know.
2: If you're the Niners, is that enough? If you're the Giants, Uh, is it too much?
3: (laughs) Pick seven and Tony. uh, But, again, I, I don't know. Tony's – again, there must be something going on there because for them to already be saying, hey, we're going to trade this guy.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, seems a bit – because, he again, he had a good – he had a decent rookie year. He was injured a lot, but he had, I think, one 11-catch game. Like He can play, so I, I I don't know. You'd have to bet that part out, I guess. You don't want to bring a guy in that's going to be bad for the locker room or whatever um, for Debo, but who knows. All right, let's go to everybody's favorite team. Circle circle the wagons. The Buffalo Bills, where do you see them going?
2: Uh, I think it's cornerback. Um, I think that's our biggest need right now. Uh, although there are some very uh, intriguing stats about Dane Jackson. Um, I'm not sure that you want to enter the season with him being your only viable number two option behind Tredavious White, who's coming off you know, the big injury. But um, I also saw a couple where wide receiver was mentioned. Uh, Oddly enough, the Bills are probably the third or fourth most mentioned team when it comes to Debo. I just don't foresee them being able to trade for him and then sign him to the contract he wants. Um, The other thing I've seen a lot of is linebacker. Uh, Quite honestly, I would like to see uh, Booth from Clemson. Uh, He's a big physical cornerback. Uh, likes to play against the run, which has been a struggle for the Bills. Uh, only problem is, is sometimes he likes to go for the big play. But having Hyde and or Poyer behind him, as long as Poyer's situation gets figured out, um, would make me feel a little bit better about that.
3: Yeah, cornerback is their is their biggest need. I think it's going to depend on what cornerback is available at that point, and if they feel like, are you having to. Reach for a second round cornerback just because that's your need. Um, I, I saw I've seen some projections uh, with Bracy Hall going I've seen at twenty five. Well. Um, I would I would love that just because it's fun. I, I don't think they I don't think they end up doing that, uh, but I do like that. I've seen wide receiver too. I don't quite get that. I get it if you've got a guy like a Burks or a London, somebody like that falls that far. Um, but, again, that's just going to hurt. I'm still a believer in, in Gabe Davis. And, obviously, if they take a, a wide receiver in first round, that pretty much um, you know, puts Gabe Davis out of, of getting his shot this year. So and I don't think wide receiver is a huge need right now for them. But, all right, so let's move on to the last piece of this segment. That is our kiss or kick. Let's go back and forth here. What's your number three?
2: One second, sir. Um, It's been a while since we've done this. I am out of practice. I need to find my noise.
3: (laughs) Find your Uh, noise, man.
2: All right. Kiss or kick. My number three. Kiss or kick. Over three and a half quarterbacks going in round one.
3: Did you kick your own?
2: Uh, no, I'm, I, uh, I, I didn't I did applause because I had to do something to get the volume up, and that one works.
3: <laughs> I kicked that. I could see Pickett, um, Malik, and maybe what? Uh, Coral, How however you say his name.
2: Carol from Mississippi. I think – th-
3: yeah, I, I think three, and really it could just be two to me. I, to me, it's between two and three.
2: Um, the reason I, I put this on here is, uh, you, if you remember, at one point, I actually did kiss or kick over four and a half quarterbacks when in the first round. Uh, yeah. I have recently looked at three mock drafts, and of course there's a million mock drafts, so you and I could put a mock draft up there and people would look at it, even though we know absolutely nothing. Um, right. But – uh, most mock drafts have at least three going in the first round. Most have four and a couple have five. Um, so again, wow. the NFL being a quarterback driven league, um, I'll actually be surprised if at least three don't go. And, uh, I'll be shocked if it uh, straight go. I'll be surprised if four don't go. To be quite honest, I mean because it's it's one of those things too where a team will trade back into the end of the first round to grab one. If there's a guy that has, you know, if they have higher marks on a guy than other teams, because NFL teams are thirsty for quarterbacks.
3: Well, it's going to depend. I mean, yes, there are four or five teams that really need a quarterback, but it depends on. Okay, if those if three of those teams take quarterbacks early, and you know the rest of the teams don't really need one, you can wait till the second or third round to probably get that quarterback that you want once the first few have already gone off the board. But all right, my first one: more than two teams trading up in the first round on draft night. I
2: honestly would have kicked or kissed this all the way up to four. Um, and and would have considered five. Teams trade up all the time. Um, There is a lot of rumors that if Green Bay or Kansas City can't get Debo, they're going to try to trade up for receivers, Um, especially Green Bay because – they just signed Rogers that big deal. So getting a young receiver on a rookie deal where they're not breaking the bank is pretty imperative for, for them. So, um, yeah. and then, you know, and the other thing you mentioned earlier, could Seattle jump up, you know, three spots to, to take a quarterback? If there's a guy they like. You have those deals where teams will jump up two or three spots, which isn't a huge deal, but. Can really make a big difference when it comes to, you know, the amount of trades that are made. So, yeah, I would have kissed this up to four and maybe even five, to be quite honest. All right. All right. Kiss or kick a running back going in the top 40 picks.
3: Yeah, i guess kiss that because uh, Brisey's going to go at 25 to the Buffalo Bills. No, but even if he doesn't, uh, there's it, it's possible that a, first, uh, that, a, that a quarterback does not go in the first round. But at some point, when you're charting, talking about picks 35, 36, 37, 38, and Breesy's still on the board, somebody's going to take him. Somebody's gonna take.
2: Yeah, I almost made this first round, but I, I thought that might have made it a little too easy to, to kick, just because it's been a while since we've seen a first round running back. Um, but I know the Bills and there's at least one or two other teams that could potentially look at running back late first round. Of course, then this is another spot where you could see someone trade back into the first round. You know, if someone has mm-hmm. a high mark on them and can try to grab him at pick thirty-three, one thirty-two.
3: Yeah. All right. All right. I've got uh, kiss or kick the idea of, well, not even the idea, just kiss or kick taking best player on board over position need.
2: I'm going to kiss and kick. The, <laughs> uh, um, I think it depends on what team you are. If you're a team like, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, teams that are pretty, pretty good and can win with what they have, even though they do have a couple of, you know, weaker spots that need to be filled. I think it's okay to take that best player available over need. But if you're a team who is picking in the top 10 over and over and over again, and you are really lacking a receiver or a cornerback or a linebacker. I I think that you you have to take the need over, but best player available, unless something wacky happens and you see one of those top, like we had in our mock draft where we had we had the D-end from Georgia fall to the twelve Trayvon, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if if you don't see something like that happen, though, uh, I think that you go. You go need unless you're a team that is already kind of in the running for the Super Bowl, and then you can go best with football. All right. Kiss or kick? Over Last six one. and a half, Georgia Bulldogs going in the first round.
3: Oh, I, I'm going to um... – kick it but I have nothing to base that on I have no idea <laughs> other than the one guy I, I couldn't tell you I have no idea it sounds uh, like it's there's projected six or seven to go so
2: yeah uh, a lot of mock drafts have five or six going a couple of them have seven I think one or two I saw had eight um, that's crazy uh, so since 2013 the SEC has had the most first round draft picks and the most Are they dominate? The NFL draft uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, and of course with Georgia and Alabama, that's where a lot of those guys come from. So uh, it would shock me to see over six and a half Bulldogs get drafted in the first round. I would probably have kicked that too, though. I probably should have made it at five and a half. But that's fine. What's your last one, sir?
3: My last one, I'm a pro, so I'm going on the fly here since we used one earlier. Uh, kiss your Kick anticipating the schedule release more than the NFL draft.
2: I love it. Um, I love it. Here's why. Because the schedule release happens in about four minutes. The NFL draft takes three days. Um, The Bills only pick, you know, once a round typically, sometimes none. And quite honestly, I mean, it's fun seeing where some of the players go, but at the end of the day, I care more about what the Bills do than any of the other teams. So. Uh, the release is a little more fun, too, because I can start making plans, you know. Is it possible for me to get down to Tennessee to, to go to the game with you? Is it, Right. You know, can I get back to another Monday night game? You know, it's a Patriots game on early Sunday afternoon, so I can take, you know, Kai to, to his first game. Uh, so stuff like that really comes into play for me. So I, I think the schedule leaves a little, little little more anticipation. And I'm really disappointed that they don't do the schedule release before the draft, to be quite honest. But I, I understand yeah, why they, they don't used to because, and, and if this was a year where you had three or four really good quarterbacks coming out, I could understand it. But with, with this draft class, this draft class isn't great. Like, I mean, you have guys who will who end up being superstars, I'm sure, but you have a solid draft class. You don't have one of those top notch draft classes where. You know, you can really kind of promote, you know, Trevor Lawrence for so-and-so, you know, because, like, say it's, it's Lawrence versus Hutchinson, you know, in, in week three or, or whatever. So I would much rather see yeah. the schedule come out, you know, even if it was Wednesday and then the draft Thursday, I think that would be cool. But that's just mostly because, like I said, at this point with where the Bills are at, I'm more excited about the schedule than I think I am the draft.
3: Yeah, I'm 100 with you. Uh, I love the schedule release now. It's really because the bills are good. You know they're going to get prime time games, and and like you said, seeing if there's a game that you can go to. Uh, they used to do it before the draft, and probably a good business decision. I don't like it either that they do it after, but probably a good business decision because it's the off season. So you've kind of got you've got your combine that keeps NFL in the loop and, and the off season free agency stuff, and then you've got the draft. That keeps NFL in the in the news, and then they about it three weeks after, two or three weeks after the draft, they'll drop that schedule release, which has become its own event. You know, they do like a an ESPN thing on it, and and go through all the schedules. Yeah, so
2: have the, they're, they're, have the rookie mini they're just trying to stay the veterans, and
3: they're just trying to stay as relevant as possible in the offseason, So you, you can't hate them for it. But all right, K-R-A, that is it for our. Year. They are That's it for our NFL segment We'll be right back Segment two I don't know what we're talking about I think baseball
0: Welcome back to Sports Fantasies With Miller and McCarty uh. Uh. Had a whole top diamond in the bottom Rose gold Yeah
2: about to start with this one. Yeah, Welcome are. back. Episode 55. Sports fans, oh, I'm Miller to learn Segment top, two. Ice cube I'm going to talk some baseball.
3: Grills.
2: Baseball. Baseball is back. Yeah, baseball. Better than ever. We are at the, yeah, it's the Same as ever. But of Baseball. Okay. Um, so we did this last year. It was very popular amongst all of our listeners. Three week baseball overreactions had a lot of fun with this. So it's something that we, we did for baseball. And then we did for football. Um, we skipped basketball and hockey because our fans drive into lakes when we talk about those things. So let's go with your uh, number three. Biggest reaction, overreaction
3: from baseball? Uh, first of all, a, a couple of disclaimers here. I know we had a lot of fun with these last year. I didn't get nearly as fun this year. I was, I, 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 um, I didn't properly do it, but that's okay. But also, you know, we, you've had three, like, MLB baseball overreactions as well. Yes, as well as fantasy over overreactions. I put them all into one. So I only have three. Uh, That's all I've got to tell you. All right. (laughs) My first overreaction. (laughs) Kyle Wright has arrived. It took five years of disappointment. But the once prized, now forgotten prospect is going to win the Cy Young Award, and is the best pitcher on the Braves. <laughs> on the Brave staff, yeah, he did it again last night. The guy is just rolling through three starts, striking out everybody. He's on fire.
2: All right. So uh, this looks a little, little odd now, after they got beat thirteen to nothing today. Uh, but then they won game two. Colorado Rockies will finish ahead of the Giants and Padres and make the playoffs in the NL West.
3: Yeah, that is an overreaction, but they have looked good. I'll give you that. CJ Cron, baby. What's
2: next? Lighten it up. Uh, we'll talk about him very shortly, sir. Very shortly.
3: Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, say uh, Suzuki becomes the most dominant fantasy and MLB international rookie of all time. I know you yeah, like that. That
2: probably actually will happen, so I don't think that's a reaction. I just he, could, he
3: he has been lighting it up.
2: He has. Um, he are is, you okay over there? <laughs> he is exactly what they said he'd be. He gets on base. He does strike out more yeah, than which never they happens. thought he would. And I am, I, I am sure that he will fix that over time. But he has been striking out at a high rate. Uh, my number two, you mentioned him a minute ago. CJ Cron will hit sixty home runs and be the NL MVP. <laughs>
3: okay, okay,
1: okay. At, at oh, the time I did my I'll give you that.
2: He was leading the league in home runs.
3: Now, I did tell you uh, on an earlier episode, I liked him more than Rizzo, although Rizzo is playing very well too, so can't go wrong either way.
2: Yes, he is. What's your number one, sir? Uh, s-
3: My number one, Albert Poolhouse, at age 42 decides the way he's hitting the ball this year. He's got another decade in him. We're going to see him out on the field at 52 young years of age.
2: Um, I, I did see that each hero threw out a first pitch recently at 87 miles an hour. So I guess anything is possible. Okay. That's not
3: bad. That's, no. that's 40 miles per hour more than I can I can throw it. So that's good.
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure for, for one throw, if it doesn't have to be a strike, I could probably hit 60. But um, I might be overestimating myself. That might be the running start too. I might it's not like a windup, that's just like you know, like a, a crow hop into, you know, a third base to first base situation. All right, uh, my last one that wasn't fantasy related, the Guardians and Angels will win the Central and the West.
3: Guardians and who? Angels. Hello, are you there? Oh, the Angels. Yes. Oh yeah, I told you the, the Angels were. I told the Guardians, Guardians would finish second. So. Okay, and fair enough.
2: Yes, uh, I did not have it's, either it's of them finishing in the top three. So. All right. So you didn't do fantasy over was Not surprised. So I have. Um, I have nah. three here as well. Yeah. Uh, C.J. Crone will be a top three hitter all year. Uh, Francisco Lindor is back, and and will average closer to five than three points (laughs) per game. Oh, he's back. So 4.1. Okay. Uh, And my number one fantasy overreaction, much like him, Blades quite possibly has or had the best team in Hungary, but will trade out of it before the end of May.
1: Yeah, I think that's already happened,
3: right? That's not that's not an overreaction.
2: It's
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. an underreaction.
2: We, we we will of course talk about blades when we get to trades, trades and blades trades, um, at, at the end of the show. But uh, I am not in favor of most of the moves he made. But not anyone shocked, especially blades. But we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> All right, so next up is, of course, your favorite thing that we do the hunt and jury early season power rankings. Now, I put top eight here, uh, and this is why. Whatever. Uh, the 12 through 9 spots are pretty much dumpster fighters. Um, you have Buggy, <laughs> yes, Uncle Cohen, Ice Dragons, and Scott. Um, I, I honestly think Scott. Did the blades before the season started and traded himself out of contention to be quite honest um, I, I think he got caught up in the trading and, and traded about six times too many but what do I know alright so 8 through 5 here we go I got number 8 Joe Boo number 7 Careless Oh. number 6 your mom's favorite team Number five, putting Shiga. yourself low. Okay. Well, I, I lost in week one. Um, Joe Boo and I are in a little bit of a battle here. I am up on on him by thirty points, I think, going into tomorrow. I do have you know three or four pitchers going, so I like my chances to hopefully hang on. But uh, I could lose, and if I start one two, I can't. I can't put myself you know much higher than six. So any. Any other surprises there, eight through five? No. All right. Great. Wonderful. Fantastic. No. Number four. No. no. Number four. Clearwater. Number three. Pained me to do it, but I had to put Charles in the number three spot. Number
3: two, being the the leading scorer.
2: Number two, the the Shiva. I think the Shiva Shiva is going to feast. On his division. And number <laughs> one. Feast. And, and, and number one, until he makes two more trades this weekend. Blades trades. Really, I put Blades, Blades in the one term. spot and, and you in the three spot because I was hoping Blades would be on and we could, we could have a little more fun with this. He didn't show up, so here's, we're going to put Blades at three, Charles at one, let's here's, be honest. That's really what I was thinking.
3: Here's my question about my three ranking, because because only because you had me at number one all preseason, and then I went out and I was either the highest scoring team or scored like five points behind Blades. I can't remember which it was. So what puts me, uh, I'm the highest scoring team, and now I'm at three after I was at one? Uh,
2: right. What happened I, I, here? I I've literally, I've literally just told you I was hoping Blades is going to be on so we could create some controversy and some conversation <laughs> here. It's not it. on, so you're one, he's three.
3: I've been low scoring this week, uh, but that's partly by because I was playing. I think maybe buggy this week. Um, I knew I wasn't going to have to make pitching moves, etc. So I wasn't worried about my points. Uh, so I didn't do the typical moves I normally would. But that's neither here nor there.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're you're currently being be, stopped by four points. So
3: right, but again, it's it's not a typical week. I've I've, I've done it was strategic on my part.
2: That has, however, uh, Straight, moved strategy. you. To, <laughs> that has moved you to one, two, three, four. There are currently five teams ahead of you in points now. So it it, it wasn't a very good strategy because, of Ugh. course, you know that that's like the third tiebreaker is points for. So pretty, pretty, pretty bad, bad, yeah, goal strategy. Don't worry about that. You. But your team is probably good enough to finish two games ahead of everyone, so I completely understand.
3: I ain't ain't worry about know. I, beat you, by one point. I be have okay. beat you by one point three points,
2: though. So. I ain't worried about points. I ain't worried about and, points, dog. And, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and the team I put in the seventh <laughs> spot has the most points in the league. <laughs> That's why we love the rankings, folks. All right, moving on. We'll go into Kiss or Kick. This is going to be the fastest baseball segment ever unless we take an hour on Kiss or Kick, which is possible.
3: Uh, we won't. We won't.
2: All right. First one. Uh, I'm going to start with a little Dodger hate here. Kiss or Kick. Walker Bueller having a below 12 point game season continuing his every other year's struggles
3: no i get where you're going with it i get why uh because i think he is around nine points per game right now in that league maybe uh, but no i'll kick that his strikeouts a little bit down right now and i know after last year or maybe two years ago he had what he averaged like 10 or 11 points per game, like a really odd – Yeah, it was like the 2020 really low. season. There. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so I know he does a little inconsistent, um, but I, I don't know. Uh, not that he can. I, there's just no way – there's no way I can kiss that. Uh, I mean, so- he is one of the better pitchers in baseball, so –
2: so in 17 he played eight games, started nine, he went three and a half points per game. that doesn't really count. Uh, 2018 he was 14, started uh, 23 games. Uh, 2019 he went up to 166. 2020 he was at 107. Uh, last year he was at 164, rebounded very nicely and this year he is currently sitting at 9.4. Now of course that is three starts in. Um, So a small sample size. But still, I think there's some concern there just because this is what he seems to do. It's almost like it's kind of like Bellinger where he has.
3: He trains with Bellinger.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he has a really good year. People seem to figure him out, and it takes him a while to make the adjustments. Um, Yeah. Not saying that he's still not a top dynasty pitcher because I believe he is. I mean, I would trade for him right now. Um, matter of fact, I could probably I could probably give you a couple guys that would help you a lot, like you know, Mitch Keller, for example. He's he's pretty decent. Uh, <laughs> Miles Michaels.
1: Uh, whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. Um But no, I, I, on a serious note, I think Walker will be fine. But I wanted to at least get your thoughts on that, you know, and kind of see what you think.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, look, I'm I'm not loving nine points per game so far. Trust me, I've noticed. Uh, but uh, I just, you know, yeah, it's Bueller. At some point, I think he figures it out. I,
2: I think that's the problem right there. It's Bueller. I mean, this is what we expect now. Every other reason to suck. Bueller. That's it. Bueller. 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 Blades. LTG. Yeah. Blades. LTG.
3: Bueller. Okay. What are you guys? Am sir? I going? Are we going back and forth? Yeah. My number three. Uh, I went. Rest of the way pitcher scoring, so not necessarily dynasty, just this year pitcher scoring. Uh Kevin Gossman over Robbie Ray. Hmm. Rest of the season.
2: I'm kicking that, but only for one reason. It's not I'm not even sure that I believe it, but um, I have Robbie Ray. I don't have Gossman. You have Robbie Ray. Uh, I actually yes. I actually traded for Ray. So that, that's why I'm that's why I'm kicking it for no other reason. I mean Gossman very well could outscore Robbie Ray. Uh, I, I of course, said I was a little worried about Ray going to Seattle. He left the pitching coach there in Toronto. Gossman, of course, now has that pitching coach. So it's definitely possible, but I'm hoping for it not to come to the fruition.
3: When I did this, they were pretty close. Gossman is 14.72 and Ray was at 14.28.
2: Yeah, I I think where Gossman has the slight advantage is Toronto's going to win more games than Seattle. Um right. and, and just because of that and the talent that's around Gossman, I think that he has an advantage where he'll probably end up finishing ahead of him. I think they'll be within a point of each other, maybe even a half a point. But uh and that that could just merely be based off the of fact that uh Gossman's playing for a team that is going to probably win ninety plus games. Yeah. Alright. Kiss or kick there being seven or more teams
3: with a chance to win hung jury seven or more um let me get over to my sounds here i didn't know we were doing kiss or kick
2: (laughs) okay uh Uh, this is the this is the segment
3: (laughs) i am going to kiss that i think there are because who did you have in your seven i want to say it was like careless
2: Maybe. Yeah, careless, and, who, and then of course Jobu is my eighth team, who is capable of making moves. And, and like I said, he's within striking of yeah. beating me this week. So,
3: yeah, and I think careless I had is my team to win it. So, yeah, I think there are seven teams that could win for sure, and maybe even eight if you're talking Jobu.
2: I personally think there are eight teams that can win. Um, and I think as the year goes, I think you might see some separation, but. Um, I absolutely think that there are seven or eight teams that can win in that league. What was your next one, sir?
3: Again, we're talking rest of the way pitcher scoring. Dylan uh, Cease over Tyler McGill of the Mets.
2: I tell you what, I've, I've watched, watched McGill pitch a couple of times, and it's Ty Boer, not Tyler, just so you know. Um, oh, fair. Uh, Just because, you know, we like to get things right here on the show. I'm going to kick that. I don't. Um, I, I, I think that the Mets are destined to have a better season than the White Sox. Uh, I don't think the White Sox are going to win the Central. I actually predicted the Detroit Tigers win the Central. And to- no, you did. And tonight I talked about the the Guardians potentially winning the Central. Uh, I think the Central is going to be a little bit better mostly because it, uh Chicago's dealing with some injuries. And uh, I think Cease is going to be kind of relied on a little more with those injuries being in place. And because of that, I think he could struggle some. So I think that Tyler McGill could outscore Cease.
3: Yeah, and it's close again. Uh, right now Cease 13.83, McGill 13.78.
2: Um, That's .05. Uh, been,
3: yeah, uh, uh, McGill has been – uh, surprisingly good for the Mets, and they are going to win some games. So, all right,
2: all right, my last one kiss or kick blades' strategy after starting so quickly.
3: Ah, uh, well, look, here's the thing. I'm kissing it only because – I'm kissing it also knowing that Blades is going to trade himself out of the playoffs. Uh, But I'm kissing it because I just – like myself, uh, look, I like a team that makes trades. Uh, I am not one to – if I win a fantasy championship, uh, that has nothing to do with what I do – with my team the next season, I trade everybody away or I trade still make as many trades or more than anybody else. Uh, so I'm just applauding him even as the top scorer, still being willing to make so many trades. <clears throat> oh,
2: excuse me. You have your hand raised. I, um, <laughs> you, right? I, I have a question. Uh, are you praising him because he keeps making your team better over and
3: over? <laughs> and over? Well, uh yeah, I love when Blades is in trades mode because it often involves me. So I'm okay. I'm okay with it. It doesn't no, just. You know. It doesn't
2: just involve you. You guys have made 787 trades, and 774 of them have benefited you.
3: <laughs> I, I, we'd have to go to the numbers on that. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, speaking of which, I just got a text from Blades. He's looking to deal.
2: so <laughs> That's perfect. I'm going to message him right now.
3: Do it. Let's go. Let's go. All right. What's your last right. one, Is, sir? My, again, uh, pitching. Rest of the way, Alex Manoa over our favorite person to talk about, Shane Bieber. Rest of the season.
2: All right. No. All right. Bieber's going to figure it out. He's going to end up averaging 18 points per game. Manoa settling around 14. All uh, right. That's all I got to say.
3: Uh, Manoa, I tell you what, he had another great game today. He, he's averaging over 19 a game after three starts. Uh, backing up last year's, what, 14 or 15 point per game thing. I would actually probably kiss it, and but I get that Bieber could easily still put up almost 20 points a game the rest of the way. Uh, but Manoa seems like the real deal. He does seem like an ace in Toronto, and I'm loving it.
2: Um, responded
1: very quickly.
3: <laughs> I, I like hearing you text. Um, we're just both over here texting. It's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's good stuff. It,
2: it, it really is. Um, I'd be shocked if we don't get more viewers just based off of, off of this. So, what, well, um, I'm not even sure. At the end of the segment? Is it? Am I leaving the segment or are you? I mean, come on. Am I seven on my toes, guy? <laughs> well, then let's do something. You're just over here. All right. So away. now that we are done with the baseball segment, segment two is finished. Whoa, whoa, oh,
3: sir. Back up.
2: We, <laughs> we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back as we go off the beaten path. <laughs> Top 10 undrafted NFL players of all time.
0: Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Jay's on my feet,
2: you know. Jay's on my feet, you know. Jay's on my feet, you know. So good like me. Jay's on my feet, you know. Jay's on my feet. Jay's on my feet. Welcome back. segment three. Episode fifty-five: Sports fantasies with Miller McCarty
0: off the beaten path.
3: Oh, oh, hang on. It's It's
1: time for sports (laughs) fantasies top ten. Sports
3: Sports fantasies top ten. 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 ten.
2: Off the beaten path tonight, we're going top 10 undrafted NFL players of all time.
3: Ooh, undrafted.
2: Um, So, as I was doing this list, I realized that I really didn't do it the way I should have. You know, like, I really did it based off the way I valued these players more than probably, like, guys that made the Hall of Fame. Guys that didn't. But, eh. I like the way
3: I did it, so we'll get. Our that. list will probably be very different then. That's
2: all right. Okay. So, what's your ten through seven?
3: Ten through seven. My number ten, one of the best centers of all time, Jeff. Don't call me Sunday because it's Saturday. Uh, I believe I called the shots for Peyton Manning. Uh, dare I say, made Peyton Manning? Uh, you know, <laughs> just a hot, just a hot take over here. My number nine out of Missouri Southern State, undrafted Broncos wide receiver, Rowdy Rod Smith. And my number eight out of Texas A&M, Giggum for the Vikings, Mister John. You can't handle the Randall.
2: I think he's a little low on yours. What about your seven?
3: Oh, and my seven. I always forget the seven. My seven. He's not a preacher. He's not a pastor. He's a priest. It's Priest Holmes out of the University of
2: Texas. Can't argue that. Can't argue that. I have him on my list as well. Uh, My number 10, Drew Pearson. Oh, true. All 70s decade team. He had two seasons over 1,000 yards. Um, Back when receivers didn't really do that, that was when the NFL was a running and defensive league. So the fact that Mr. Pearson went over a thousand yards twice is very impressive. Dominating. Number nine. Dominating. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry.
3: Dominating. Okay. okay. Wait a second. I'm sorry. Hang on. <laughs> Hang
2: on.
3: Okay, I think I got it under control
2: over here. <laughs> you talking about Drew Pearson or Josh Miller? I'm not really sure at this point. All right, number nine, offensive tackle. Made seven Pro Bowl appearances. The one, the only, Jason Peters. <laughs>
3: J- JP, okay. Okay, JP Lossman, yeah. The other JP. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
2: and that was another Bills uh, guy. He was drafted in the first round, unfortunately, from Tulane. Horrible. Alright, number eight <laughs> Cut four times Came back every time That knocked down four times, get out five Help bring rings to the Steel City Linebacker James Harrison
3: Ooh, Too low, sir, too low
2: And number seven At the league interceptions Three separate occasions Made five Pro Bowls Made Tom Brady what he is today
3: Wes <laughs> Welker Oh, again, just too low, but I like it. Well, I guess I say too low. My number six is, as you said, Wes Welker, uh, undrafted out of Texas Tech, T-squared. You know, Texas Tech, they just put up offense, right? They don't play any defense over there. They just have a bunch of offensive Um, players. Excuse
2: me. Excuse me. Breaking news. Michael Conforto, out for the season, had shoulder surgery. Unsigned Michael Conforto, out for the season.
3: All right, fair enough.
2: You're number okay. five enforcer. four,
3: sir. My number five, you talked about him earlier. He's out of Kent State. It's James Harrison, uh, just an animal on the field with Pittsburgh. And number four, number four, uh, once a great quarterback, now a great commentator undrafted out of eastern Illinois. It is the Tony Romo.
2: Interesting. Interestingly enough, Tony Romo did not make my list. Oh, that's blasphemy. Is it, though? Because you just said he's basically a better commentator and golfer than he was quarterback.
3: I didn't say that. You're putting words in my mouth. is <laughs> <So it's> great <laughs> above.
2: Number six was your number seven. Priest Holmes broke onto the scene as a backup in Baltimore in 2000 when they won the Super Bowl. Became a star in Kansas City the next year. Led the league in rushing three separate times. Won Offensive Player of the Year when he set a then-record 27 rushing touchdowns, which has been broken twice. Was a fantasy stud for a four- or five-year period. Priest Holmes.
3: Yeah, he was. He was. He was nice.
2: Number five, a tackling machine. Went to four Pro Bowls. He was an Iron Man of sorts. Holds the third-longest games, games played streak in a row really? without missing a game. The one, the only, London Fletcher. You
3: are pumped up about this. I didn't see London Fletcher on any list, and I love that call. I love London Fletcher.
2: He was Um, great. I didn't see Romo on many lists either, which is kind of insane. But I I guess when you think about it, he really wasn't a Hall of Famer. He cared more about about golf than he did did football. All right, number four, someone you mentioned a little earlier, nine-time double-digit sacker, seven-time pro (laughs) bowler, a Hall of Famer,
3: John randall he is a big time sacker we'll give him that
2: (laughs) i have switched my list twice on the fly as we're doing it it's fantastic what's your number three sir
3: my number three again i tell you what kent state representing twice on the top 10 it's Uh, uh, arguably, no, I don't want to say arguably the best tight end of all time because that's not true, (laughs) but uh, Antonio Gates, great tight end, played in San Diego for a long time. That's my number three.
2: So my number three really started the college basketball player to tight end transition, eight-time pro board, a two-time 1,000-yard receiver, Antonio Gates. Uh, That's right, that's right.
3: My number two. Um, I added a T to his name. I put Warren Moon um, <laughs> instead of instead of Warren Moon. Uh, played in the CFL at, at first because he was not drafted out of the University of Washington, but Warren Moon, a part of that uh, Houston Oilers offense that was just dynamic. You loved to see him play. That's my number two.
2: My number two, who has been number ten, nine, seven. Five and two on my list. Almost went to number one. Best kicker of all time, question mark. Four Super Bowl rings, two of them which he kicked a game-winning field goal. Many Tom Brady, who he is, even more than Wes Welker, Adam Vinatieri.
3: Yeah, so uh, there was a couple kickers on the list. I refused to put them on mine. Not th- nothing against kickers. You just... A lot of kickers are undrafted because who really like you got to be really special to be drafted as a kicker or a punter. So I I just
2: let them go. But the fact that Sebastian Janikowski was drafted in the first round in our time, and uh, and Adam Vinatieri has four Pro Bowls or um, has has won the the Super Bowl four times and kicked the game winning field goal twice was all I needed to know. Uh, He's all done. Mr. Clutch yes. really is the reason Brady and Manning have won so many Super Bowls.
3: Absolutely, Benetri, who's your number one? Uh, but I would like to say, is this is a maybe a trivia thing? Is Janikowski the first player in the history of sports or NFL to be drafted in the first round as as a kicker in the first round of the NFL draft and in a fantasy draft? By Rob Sandless. Uh, would that be the only <laughs> kicker ever to be drafted in the first round of both? I, I feel like it might be. I feel like it could be. But I will okay. never
2: I'll never forget when that happened. was an embarrassing night for
3: Rob. I'm not really sure it was round one, but it makes sense. It wasn't. Sure it,
2: I think it was round I think it was actually round two. It uh, it was night. early though. It was it was yeah. it was within the first three rounds for sure. I think it was two, maybe three. It might even have been four, but it doesn't matter. Round one sounds lot yeah, yeah, better. Yeah, we'll stick with that. Yeah.
3: All right, my number one, uh, look, it's going to be your number one, too. They just made a movie about the guy.
2: It's Kurt Warner. Which you refuse to watch.
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, It's Kurt Warner. (laughs) He played in the Arena League, uh, I think, prior to coming to the NFL. But he is, uh, yeah, he's the best undrafted player of all time, for sure.
2: Uh, Here's what I had to say about Kurt Warner. He's also my number one. You are correct. The reason I have not watched his movie is because I currently cannot eat popcorn. So, uh, I refuse to go to the league here. He was the grocery bagging guy and became the MVP of the league. The Super Bowl MVP. Went to two Super Bowls. Kurt Warner is your number one undrafted NFL football <laughs> player. Okay. Well, that was
3: a quick segment. I like it.
2: Yes, it was 11 minutes. Like I said, between 10 and 12. That's why I was so dramatic. Really had to make sure I was right here.
3: <laughs> you did a good job.
2: All right, folks, we will be back with, of course,
0: trades, trades, and
2: blades, trades. Blades refuses to join the program because he knows he's going to get ripped.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty.
3: Uh, yeah, we are here segment four, I think at this point, right? It's trades, trades, and more blades, trades, because blades has finally come alive in the trading business. You're going to see that here. So first up, the combo baseball league, we didn't have any, so that's easy enough. No trades in the combo league. So let's step into hung jury. I just put my cardi has them. <laughs> yeah. Hung jury where things just go crazy. All right, but let's start here. Chico, a deal with your mom. The two brothers at it again, doing their deals. Uh, Chico gives my co-host Miller, Brendan Marsh, and I believe Orioles pitcher Zimmerman for uh, Washington pitcher prospect Laura, uh, Miami, Prospect Bleeday and everybody, everybody's favorite Kevin Biggio. Uh, my thoughts: It's fine for both. Uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, Marsh is off to a good start. Will that will that keep up? Uh, no, not at four points per game. But I, but Marsh is a is a decent prospect. Zimmerman's a pitcher that. Hey, okay. On a good night, might give you 11, 12 points. That's fine. Uh, Lara and, uh, you know, Bleed A, we'll see what happens with that. It's kind of an ongoing saga uh, with his prospect status. Biggio could be dropped at this point, so I, I don't even bring him into the equation. Uh, Lara is a is a big-time pitcher prospect for Washington, but even that, I think he's like 19 years old. You're talking yeah, about young. three, four, five, three, four, five years before he even makes an impact in the MLB. Your thoughts?
2: Uh, essentially, I tried to catch Blades uh, and dump Biggio. One of those two things worked. I dumped Biggio. Um, still lost the Blades by about 40. Uh, I have since had to drop Marsh because I had a guy come off the injury <laughs> list. Marsh. And uh, my brother then picked Marsh back up. So it worked out really well for him. Although I really do like Zimmerman. Um, I actually think he is going to be a a 12-plus point-per-game guy. Uh, right now, he's averaging, he's, he's averaging about 11.5 right now. I know it's been three or four starts Whoa, for him. what
3: a stud.
2: <laughs> um, but I believe if Baltimore can build it all with the young gut core that they have, I think that Zimmerman can be a guy that's their number two or number three. I don't think he's an ace, obviously. I'm not going to go crazy. But I do like his potential. And if he averages 11 points per game this year, I'm, I'm –
3: Fine with the trade. Oh, fair enough. Uh, you dropped Marsh. That's a lot for Zimmer, but okay. Um, all right. So and and a a next because yeah, I, I hear you. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get into our Blades trades now. Um, and I think uh, I have my note here. So he actually had the second most points in week one because you know who had the most? It was me. But anyway, first up, I give Blades Joey Adele, Yankee prospect Volpe, Dodger, pitcher Kershaw, Travis Darno, and Lodolo. Oh, and a third. A lot going on here for Brady House, which is a, a Washington national prospect. Uh, Shane Bieber, Real Muto, catcher, and newest minor leaguer member, uh, Oscar Yanoa. Your thoughts on this one?
2: Uh, McCarty beats Blaze again. I mean, this isn't surprising at all. all right, I I do like Volpe a lot. Uh, we've talked about Adele a lot. Adele uh, is a guy that strikes out frequently. Uh, he started this season doing okay. I think he's in the 3-5 range, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Darno, I think, has been dropped. dolo scares me. He's a Cincinnati guy. I think he's averaging five points per game. Uh, Kershaw started very strong, but like you talked about, he's going to find his way to the I.L. probably twice throughout the season. And it could cover, you know, three months of the season. Uh, so Yeah. I,
3: the big piece for me actually was Volpe, like you said. But Brady House was a top, I think, top 3-4 pick at, short, yeah. at shortstop. So, you know, maybe he'll pan out. Maybe he won't. Um uh, I,
2: Here's the thing. So you've got Bieber, who, who I already told you I believe is going to rebound the form and be fine as the year goes. Real Muto is a top three catcher, and catcher is a very weak position. So if you have a top three guy, you're doing very well. Uh, Noah, uh, he's struggled here and there. Uh, obviously, like you said, he is currently in the minors, uh, which isn't a bad thing for you because you can put him in your minors and kind of stash him there. And then yeah. you can decide when they call him back up if you want to call him up. So I like the deal a lot for you. I think you got the best two players, especially over the next three or five to five years in Bieber and Real Muto. Fulby could be awesome. Wade uh, and I were just talking about him. He said, Well, he's being compared to the next Boba Shet because he asked for Boba Shet for me. <laughs> that's and, what he told and, me. Too. <laughs> and what I told Blaze is, Well, I have Boba Shet, so I don't need the next Boba Shet. Um, <laughs> I, I have him, so I will give you Simeon. And if you don't want him, that's fine. I'll move on. So, uh, here's moved on. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but. Uh, I like to see a lot for you. I mean, Adele, like I said, he's kind of a question mark. No, if Adele becomes a four or five guy, sure, I can see what Blades is thinking because, with with Volpe and Adele's potential, I think that you know you you have some some traction here for Blades, especially if Kershaw gives you fourteen a game. So, um, like I said, it's been dropped and Dolo. If he wasn't in Cincinnati and was somewhere where pitching coach was strong, the team around him was strong. I like him more, but being in Cincinnati, I think, hurts him quite a bit.
3: Yeah, I was a little surprised because actually the deal that he offered was minus Real Muto and Darno. I added that piece to it, and he said, interesting, uh, Darno." let me look at it, and then he accepted, and then he dropped Darno either the same day or the next day. So, yeah, I, I was happy to be able to add Real Muto for Darno because, quite frankly, I may have even considered it without those two catchers involved. Yeah. Next up, again, I give Blades. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, San Diego up-and-comer for Dodger prospect Pepio, Pepois, however you want to say, uh, Cardinal closer Galagos, and – Voight. This to me, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Mackenzie Gore could end up being pretty good for San Diego. And if that happens and he probably wins the deal and that's fine. Uh, Pepio is a pretty good pitching prospect for the Dodgers. But as as we know with the Dodgers, what does that mean? Because do they start him? Do they put him in the bullpen, et cetera? Uh, It was really about, Galagos, who is going to put up a bunch of points this year as a reliever. I think since I got this deal, he's had three saves for the Cardinals. And then Voight, I'm just hoping he can turn it around a little bit in San Diego and maybe get back closer to that 3-5, 3-8 range that that I think he can get to.
2: Uh, What I put here is Blaze may have slightly won this one, uh, mostly because of kind of what you said. uh, Papio, we're not sure, starter reliever being in the Dodgers. Uh, Voight we've seen has really struggled. Uh, now he is out of New York. So maybe that helps as far as Gallagos goes. I think he has a lot of value right now, but if Reyes comes back healthy, Reyes could take that job from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at at which point you're talking about, you have a middle reliever setup guy, Voight who has struggled and a guy who could be a great starter in LA or could be a reliever or could end up somewhere else. So, um, I think if Gore continues to produce the way he has early, I think Blades probably won this one slightly. But I understand both sides of it. It's, it's not like I think that you got ripped off here. Like maybe Blades did a deal or two that we're going to talk about or that we already have. But um, I, I believe that uh, he probably wins this one slightly, which after the last trade that you won by a landslide, especially over the next three to five years, I think it's fine for you to lose a trade slightly. All right, next up,
3: it's Blades again because he was on fire this day. He gives Uncle Cohen, uh, everybody's (laughs) favorite, Glaber Torres, uh, Orioles prospect D.L. Hall, Dustin May, and a third for Paxton, I believe Trevor Rogers. uh, Yeah, who is pitching uh, very well. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo and Trevor Lindor. Your thoughts on this
2: one? Uh, I'll be honest. When I first saw this, I thought Blades stole something. Um, but after I really dug into it, I think it's more of a coin flip. To be honest, um, Rogers is pitching very well right now. Paxton doesn't matter. He's not going to pitch, and he's like thirty-one dollars. Uh, Rizzo's playing well, but he's ninety-one dollars. Um, and Lindor looks like he could be back to where he was, but he is seventy-seven dollars. So when you look at the fact that Rizzo and Lindor combined are about a hundred and what, hundred and seventy yeah. or hundred and eighty dollars. Um I think that Uncle Cohen did okay here. Um I understand the move for Blades. He's a win now team. Rogers is going to produce this year. He's pitched very well in San Diego. As long as he stays healthy, I think he's gonna continue to average probably eight to nine points per game. Um
3: yeah, I put that but- I thought it was a a good win now move for Blades if Rizzo stays hot, or really it comes down to if he gets anything out of Paxton. Uh, uh, which and
2: he, I don't think he will get anything out of pa- Paxton is the is that is that guy who you know he's that he's that Anna Konakova who looks real good but never wins um, because he's always injured.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're right. And I do like – I like Hall a lot with Baltimore. He's the guy I've tried to get. And, of course, Justin May I like a lot because I think when he does come back this year, he will be – I think he will be in the starting rotation uh, yeah, for see, L.A. I,
2: I've been trying to tell everyone that, will listen, May is going to be the closer in L.A., although now in this league, if he's a good closer, he'll average eight to nine points per game. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt you like it used to. Um, I personally think Torres will be fine when he gets traded out of New York.
3: I don't. I'm just not a Torres believer, though. He's been terrible, to be honest,
2: other yeah, than one year. How many guys have been terrible in New York, went somewhere else and been fine? Sonny Gray jumps to mind like, right away. Like That guy in New York was a seven-point-per-game pitcher. He went to Cincinnati, who's not good, and he was averaging 14, well, 15 points per
3: game. I, I guess he, I, I base it on... The one year that Torres like was a really good MLB player where he had 30-plus home runs, he had good average, uh, a couple of stolen bases, whatever it was, and he, he scored 4.1 points per game, which is, is good. But if you're going to have to hit 30 home runs, he, he doesn't do enough to fill the stat categories, uh, even on his best year ever. Uh, you know what I mean? To be a really relevant fantasy player. Not like if he can come out and score three, eight to four points per game, then great. Then he is rosterable. But so far that's been the outlier of the season. All right.
2: Next yeah, up. I mean, continue on. What's
3: next? Yeah. Yeah. That's enough about uh, him. Uh, next up. Uh, uh, Blades and I did another one. Uh, he gave me Sonny gray for Kybert Ruiz, and Angels prospect pitcher Bachman. Uh, My thoughts on this, since I made the deal, uh, once I got Real Muto from a catcher from him, I didn't really want that second catcher on my team. Uh, I like Ruiz, uh, but he was averaging under two points a game at the time, and I've got Real Muto. So to get Sonny Gray, who is a starting pitcher now, who hasn't played great so far in Minnesota, but he's a guy that, every year. He's going to be hurt here and there, but when he's pitching, he's probably a floor 12-point-per-game guy and could get you closer to 13-14 maybe in Minnesota.
2: It's just funny because I just talked about him. I was fine with this deal. I didn't really think it mattered much. I didn't even write it down.
3: All right, next up, Blades is at it again. He gives Ice Dragons Andrew Heaney, who's been on fire, a first-rounder, Lindor, who he just traded for, Soler, and everybody's favorite, Jesse Winker, for Joey Gallo, Polanco, and Alberto Mondesi. Your thoughts?
2: I love this deal for Ice Dragons. Gallo's been a dumpster fighter. I think that he is two for his last 40-something, and he struck out like 20 times. Um, Mondesi's always hurt. The first and the door is enough for me to think Dragons won, and the fact that he got Solar Winker, first, and Heaney on top. Um, I, I really believe Ice Dragons won this deal by quite a bit.
3: Yeah. Uh, look, I hated this deal for Blades, and, you know, I don't like to use the word hate, but Gallo is $50, and last I saw, he was averaging less than a point a game. Uh, Mondesi is good, but he's never played 100 games in the season. So give me Londor at shortstop all day over him. Heaney is off to a great start in LA. I know he just got he just got it's hurt. Down but
2: all right.
3: yeah. yeah. Polanco's at decent at second base. So I'll give Blades that because it you you've got the second base uh scarcity issue where and I think Polanco is around you know three, eight to four points per game. So I get that. Uh but yeah, I, I love this for ice dragons as well. Next up. Blades trades that shortstop. He just got Mondesi for Austin Meadows. Now, look, you like Austin Meadows more than myself, although I do like Austin Meadows. Don't get me wrong. Uh, And I know Mondesi's hurt a lot, but I actually prefer Mondesi even with his injury history over Meadows because I think Meadows is around three points per game right now. Meadows has never quite – panned into the player. Uh, again, he's another guy that had maybe one or two good fantasy seasons. Other than that, he's been pretty average or above average. Uh, so uh, I would actually rather take a flyer on Mount to see the Meadows. I think you'll probably disagree, but you can tell me.
2: Uh, yes. Actually, what I wrote here was love this deal for blades. McCarty will disagree. Uh, blades, <laughs> blades actually messaged me before he made this deal. Um and I told him, I said, you know, Mondesi is great when he's healthy, but he's hurt all the time. The Royals have Wit and a couple other young middle infielders that are going to end up pushing Mondesi out. I, I don't think Mondesi's is going to be long term for the Royals, and I don't think Mondesi has played enough or has proven that he can stay healthy enough to really earn a roster spot on most fantasy teams, especially a contender. Like yeah. You know, um, and he went to what the the Shiva in this deal. So, I believe that yeah. Blades wins this deal, um, mostly because did he already trade Meadows? Blades, of course, he did.
3: Yes, yes, he did. Well,
2: who did he trade him to?
3: Blades gave your brother Chico Meadows for Marquez. So we'll skip to that one. I actually liked this for Chico. Um wait, no. Sorry. You like this that for that blades. Back. I, I like that for blades because I'll take a pitcher. I'll take a even Marquez, even if he's giving you thirteen points per game floor, I'll take that over Meadows all day.
2: Which is strange to me, because Meadows has went four six. He went three three in the shortened twenty twenty season where he, he missed he missed twenty four games. He went four points per game last year, and he's at three nine right now. Uh my well, problem he's
3: He's upped his game then in the last couple of days because he was at like yeah, three when I looked yeah, at it. Yeah,
2: he's at he's at three nine. Of course, they've only played twelve games. Uh, my problem with Mar- Marquez, I love him. If he wasn't in Colorado, with the right. fact he's in yeah. the fact that he's in Colorado, I think hurts. Um, I didn't yeah. have an issue with the Marquez fermenos trade. I think it's pretty pretty even. Um, uh, I was actually talking to Scott today when I was at my parents' house. I think the one thing that he did that most people haven't done he didn't realize that some of the moves he made with pitchers were gonna was gonna hurt him as much as they did because he didn't listen to full podcasts to know that pitching is where it's at.
3: Listen to the podcast, people. He
2: he he does listen to the podcast occasionally, but he doesn't listen to the whole thing very often. So
3: Well, that's bad uh, bad news for us.
2: Uh, I mean, (laughs) it's
3: a bad review. Like, I listen, but not
2: to the whole thing, because that would be crazy. (laughs) That's that's kind of the approach LTG takes. Um, It's the approach some others take. So, I can't hate on it. Uh, I obviously like Meadows more than you do. And the fact that when Meadows finishes this year at four points per game, it's going to be three out of the Four full seasons he's played, and the one full season being 2020 when it wasn't a full season. Um, so essentially, the last three full seasons he played, he's averaged four points per game. So I think your fear for Meadows is a little misguided.
3: It's not hate. I just don't like it as much as you. That's all.
2: I, I've tried no, it's to, to. It's, it's hate.
3: Uh, no, stop. I, I've tried to trade for him multiple times from you, so I think you know I enjoy him. But next up, Clear Water gives Shiva. Uh, this was a big one. Uh, Aaron Nola, Alcantara, and a first for Ramirez of the Guardians. Well, what's your thoughts on that one?
2: Honestly, I think this is a pretty even trade, but I was shocked that Zayjack gave up that much pitching, especially since he has become the pitching king. Um, to get a hitter. Of course, his next trade, he gets two pitchers back, not of the same caliber, but he does get two pitchers back for a lesser hitter, two lesser pitchers for a lesser hitter. Uh, but I was a little surprised by this deal, only because he did win the league last year, mostly because he had the top pitching in the
3: league. Yeah, uh, I you know look, I told you to bet on Ramirez as. MVP. So you know how much I like him. But with that said, I feel like uh, Shiva won this deal, Uh, getting Nola uh, two top pitchers. Uh, Nola has been a little bit down this year, and I don't think Nola is the guy that – he's not that 20-point-per-game guy that maybe we all thought he would be at some point, and that's okay. I I think he still ends up being a 15-16 – uh, ceiling 17 kind of guy uh, Alcantara's been good He'll he'll give you his 15 points per game He got a first All for one uh, bat So I, I like the deal For for Shiva But I get it both sides As well So the next deal uh, Clearwater gives Ice Dragons Jesus Sanchez For pitcher Blackburn And pitcher Day uh, you say it better than I do. Yeah, you, you say it better than I do. Uh, my thoughts on this, I think it's fine for both. Sanchez right now is just rolling. He's over five points per game. That's not going to last, but let's say he comes in around four four points per game. Uh, then I think maybe Ice Dragons wins the deal long term. Uh, Blackburn, you know, he's off to a hot start. I, I don't think in Oakland he's going to end up being a – even a 12-point-per-game pitcher. De Sclafini has been good. I I think he'll give you good numbers this year. So for this year, I like the deal uh, for Clearwater. Moving forward, if if, uh, Sanchez can be a four-point-per-game guy, then I'll I'll give him the edge there.
2: Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, I think that Zajac did this deal because he got J-Ram for the two big pitchers. And he needed those two pitchers to kind of replace somebody. Um, I mean, it, I thought it was I thought it was pretty even. Although I was a little surprised that Ice gave up the pitching. You can tell that Ice is now being ran by Steve and not Steve and um Jeff, because Jeff was obviously huge on pitching, and Steve is not as big on pitching and that could prove
3: to be his downfall, and that's why I have him in the bottom four right now. Gotcha. All right, that's it for our baseball trades. Just a couple of football ones to touch on in our sports fantasies league. First up, and this is a two-quarterback league, so this is a blockbuster. I gave Blades Delvin Cook, Mac Jones, Marlon Mack, Deshaun Watson, and a third for Michael Carter, Matt Stafford, and Patrick Mahomes, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I have not heard him yet.
2: You want to do. Um, you got Stafford and Mahomes, two guys that are guaranteed stars, one superstar. Uh, I like Mac Jones, but he's probably better suited to be a third quarterback in this league. As far as Watson goes, he can be a star, but is he going to get suspended? He could miss this whole season. We don't even know yet. And plays is a win-now team. He obviously won the league last year. And won all the pickles, so I was surprised that he made this move. Mostly because of the uncertainty of Watson. Uh, if Watson was guaranteed to play sixteen games this or seventeen games this year, I think that would be a little closer to even. But because he did get Dalvin Cook, obviously. But if he is rolling with Mac Jones as his number one quarterback, uh, <laughs> I think he is going to be in. Some trouble. Even though I continue to try to get McDonald's from him, and he refuses to talk football trades, because he said the only reason he made a deal with you is because it's the only way you would make a baseball trade. My question <laughs> well, is: that's... My question is: Is that is fine? I understand that, but how did you win the football and the baseball trade all at once? Uh,
3: well, look. First this off... is why
2: I tried to get Blaze to join. This segment, Just so I could rip him basically Because his trades have been questionable at best uh,
3: First off I don't know that it was uh, We had to have both I mean, you know, possibly uh, But yeah I liked It's two quarterback league So getting those two quarterbacks I was happy with Let's move on Because he's not here to talk about it uh, So next up It's me and you It's the last trade of the night Again, it's a big one I probably let you win the league. I gave you Mahomes and T. Higgins and a third for Devontae Smith, Justin Jefferson, Noah Fant, Carson Wentz, a first and a second. Obviously, we both like the deal because we both made the trade. This was a lot of going back and forth. Um, For me, I knew – when I made the deal that look you're, you're going to have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So barring injury, you should be pretty well set on my end, knowing that I have as my two quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford. I'm good with that. Once is my third. I'm okay with that. It was about having Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase, who I consider the wide receiver one and two dynasty value. Um, those are my core receivers, you know, for the next decade. Uh, so, I, you know, all that to say, I, I think we both I think we both achieved what we wanted to in this deal and are both going to be better for it.
2: Actually, the reason I made this deal is because I didn't have to give up Jonathan Taylor. Uh, every yeah. single time I sent an offer to you that included Jonathan Taylor, I was hoping you declined it. I did not want to give him up. So here's my situation. I have Allen and Mahomes as my quarterbacks. I have Taylor and Akers as my two top. Running backs. I still have Debo Samuel and Hardman, who is currently the number one in Kansas City. I know that will change because they're going to either draft or trade for someone. I
3: I disagree. I think Juju is the number one, but I think Hardman's the two.
2: Okay, Juju can't stay healthy. Um, And then I also have Mark Andrews, who's a top two tight end. So, so, and then I have Gabriel Davis, Melvin Gordon, and of course Hunter Renfro. Uh, amongst some others, so for me to get Allen and Mahomes, probably the top two quarterbacks in the league, if not one and two, one and three. Um, yeah, it was too hard to pass up on draft night. I actually wanted both of them. I could have had both of them. I let Luke get inside my head. I refused to go an extra dollar to get Allen, and then of course, <laughs> then of course, Eric ended up getting Mahomes, and he's mad about it because I didn't go an extra dollar, which I definitely could have at that point, but didn't. So the fact that I have them both now with Jonathan Taylor makes me so happy because on draft night, had I got Allen and Mahomes, I would not have Jonathan Taylor to, to go with them. So, and of course I have Debo for $6. So I am ecstatic, but I also understand why you did the deal and why you feel like it was a good move for you. Um, It's rare that we see the win-win trade, but I think this is a win-win trade, and I wouldn't be shocked to see you and I in the finals just
0: coming.
3: Yeah, I would have loved to have Taylor over Jefferson as well. I just You weren't going to do Taylor without getting a guy like Mitchell back, um, which I didn't want to do, or Mitchell and Higgins, something like that. So,
2: uh, obviously, so obviously I wanted less back for Jefferson than I did for Taylor.
3: Sure, and that makes sense. And But the other piece of that was uh, Taylor. Look, I love Taylor. I, I think he is the best uh, dynasty running back value for sure, but he is a running back, and the, you've got injury concerns with a running back over a wide receiver, and you've got the kind of just the longevity issue, right? I mean, Taylor could be the number one running back for the next four years, and then it's over, no matter what, because he's going to be 27, 28. And like all running backs, that's when it ends. Whereas a wide receiver, it can it can carry on for a couple extra years. But, but yeah, my, Taylor was the better deal, but you weren't going to give him up without getting more back. So
2: yeah, I like the and, deal for both of us. Yeah, and, and quite honestly, the way I see this is I agree with you. Taylor, obviously, being a running back, he probably has four to six years max where he's going to be able to produce like he is now. But the way I look at it is if I can finish in the pickles every year or yeah. most of the next four to six yeah. years because I have Mahomes and Allen, I'm good. With yeah, it.
3: and no matter what, wide receiver is easier to replace. It's You know, you can't replace a three-down back like Taylor. So. Yeah. All right. Any nostalgic stories out of you, sir?
2: Uh, so it's interesting. So today, uh, I told you off air. I don't. I think I mentioned on air, on air as well. I went back to a town. I was in Angelica today. Uh, I took my son down. We met up with my brother and his wife and his two kids and my parents and had like a anniversary, Easter, birthday celebration, kind of all in one. Uh, a lot of things happened in April in our family. In my parents' anniversary, they have been married for um, 42 years. Uh, That's a long time. Easter, and my dad's 70th birthday is is next Saturday. Um, so six days from now as we stand right now. So we all got together, and uh, I was driving around town uh, showing Kyan, you know, some of the old... Both houses that that we lived in and we got to the park circle and he's like that's a really nice basketball court i was like yeah I spent, <laughs> I spent quite a lot of time at that at that basketball court um you know and of course the park circle has changed i don't know the last time we were there but the middle of it is not nearly as open as it once was i said we spent a lot of time there playing mostly football we did play some soccer in there um so it, it was kind of nice. He's to an age now where he understands a lot more. he's 12. So he's going to take that stuff in and remember it. Whereas, you know, the last time, you know, we drove through town like that, he was probably six or seven, you know, and probably didn't remember yeah. much of what we talked about. So it, it was just, it was kind of nice and nostalgic to kind of, kind of go through town and, Of course, we went to three bums pizza and it was really good pizza and wings today. The wings weren't very hot. That's another story for another day. And of course, (laughs) that particular pizza place is in the old laundromat, which, uh, Kyan thought was just very curious because of course you can't tell that it was a laundromat. You know, it's a, they've done a really good job transitioning over. So, um, it it was, it was a good day. It was a long day, a lot of driving for, for myself. But it was just kind of nice to, to go home and to think about some of those memories that we had there at the park and how many hours, you know, we, we spent there as, as kids, especially teenagers. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been to a couple of playgrounds uh, around small towns and none of them quite add up to, you know, that little, what is it, merry-go-round, you know, Death trap that we used to play on, and uh, and and then the basketball court, and of course, like I said, the the field was very open in the middle of the park, so we did a lot of stuff in there as well. So you know, I, I think growing up, you know, sometimes we hated being in that small town, but looking back on it, it was probably there was a lot of great opportunities there for us that we didn't think about at that age. So it was just kind of nice to be able to show him that stuff and for him to now be able to understand it's pretty
3: awesome as well. Yeah. We've talked about the park circle, circle, uh, balling before. And of course the legend that was, uh, Warren Davis, but also just, uh, yeah, I used to love playing there. You hit those NBA three pointers, you know, talk trash to whoever was guarding you. Uh, good times there for sure. But, it's been a while since I've been at the park circle. That's that's been uh, a minute.
2: The, the last time I played at the park circle, you were there, and that was the time Yeah, I, me, you, Anthony, was, and Rob all met up, and we ran those young kids off the court repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was the last time that uh,
3: I played there as well. So,
2: which which is probably eight nine years ago now, because I was in much better shape than I am now. Um, but it's a long but time. Yet, ago. So I mean that. I obviously knew we were doing the podcast tonight, so I knew I was going to bring this up, but it's not any particular story from the park circle that stands out, but it really is just the fact that we spent so much time there. My dogs are barking at something. Um, They
3: love it. They love nostalgic (laughs) stories.
2: So, uh, you know, and I think as I get older, I appreciate growing up there more and more. Uh, I would never want to live there today, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I think growing up there, I had, had a lot of advantages. I mean, I had some disadvantages too, don't get me wrong, but especially now that I'm in Canada, and I see some of the advantages these kids have growing up versus what we had, but all in all, you know, I, I don't think I would change much about it. And as much as I hated it then, I think I've come to love it now.
3: I'm with you, and I don't have anything to add.
2: Yeah, I'm not not surprised. You never had nostalgic stories unless you know a guest host is on, and we haven't had one of those in four years. So yeah, outside of the yeah. time you and Landers did the show a couple weeks ago, I was actually surprised Landers didn't get on tonight.
3: Well, I I I didn't invite him, <laughs> but
2: but <laughs> I actually said in the group chat, hey, if one of these knuckles doesn't want to get on and invite Landers, and you don't invite uh, him. Right? I was thinking about them.
3: We were already talking about having, like, four hosts. I was like, yeah, but uh, we'll we'll get them back soon for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I have another guy uh, from softball. Uh, I do have a tournament next week, although it's local, so I, I might still be able to sneak in a, a podcast that night. it probably have to be an 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start. Um, But, you know, maybe do a short one- one-and-a-half-hour show, but I do have a guy that's very interested in getting on. So,
3: Yeah, shorter than this for sure, so let's get out of
2: here. All right. Well, hey, it's been a great night, guys and gals. I'm sure there's 117 different listeners um, and Dude. not just us listening to it 117 times. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week or the week after or sometime in the near future. Have a wonderful one, fellas and ladies. <laughs>
0: Live. Thank you for listening to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Bye bye. And be sure to catch future shows wherever you stream.
1: Oh, bye bye now.